0: A gift I received a while back. I can't remember if it was from an actual person or if it was from a book I read. Either way, it was a gift and I received it wholeheartedly. The gift, as you can imagine, was in wisdom form. It said to know myself and to have a running list of things that fill me with joy. Things that will ignite me with glee, drive, and virility. Yep, you don't need a pill for it, turns out. It said, if you know these things that had power over you, When the inevitable moment the sun doesn't shine, or you find yourself alone in some dark corner, you can reach out and save yourself, having known these things. For me on the list is art, duh, but moreover, museums. So as the holidays approached, which is usually tons of fun for me, this year, I'm just not feeling it. It might be because this year I was busy and I didn't watch the roster of movies that get me in the mood, you know, anti-mame. Noti di Rosemary's Baby. So I set off to find my joy at the High Temple that is the Metropolitan Museum of Art, the Met, and I'm taking you with me. Here is my Christmas postcard from the Met in New York. Happy Holidays and Merry Christmas. This is Studio Confessions, the art podcast. I am your host, Luis Martin, the art engineer. Listen in for conversation with artists and creators alike as we talk about their creative practice and what moves them. Let me share my wax poetic monologues and how to activate your creativity to live an inspired and more beautiful life. That's right, I said beautiful. Welcome to the studio. I'm glad you're here. So I wasn't feeling very Christmassy, so I what I always do, I come to the Upper East Side so I can make it to the Upper West Side. But above that, I come to the Met. The Met's the biggest museum in the United States, and the biggest museum in the continent I believe. You can double check that, fact check that for me. But above all, it's a temple, it's a church for me. It's full of art, it's full of gods and goddesses and sculpture form, it's a beautiful place. I am at the entrance, at the stairs, it's a little bit below 25 degrees, but on a normal day, there's tons of people sitting on the stairs, if you're lucky there'll be jazz, or someone playing music, someone break dancing. it's a beautiful sight, it's the closest thing we have to the area in the Pompidou, in Paris, and in many ways this is our Louvre, our American Louvre, the Met. I'm going to get out of the cold because I'm freezing, and I'm going to go in, but I have a little secret for you. There will be lines to the Met, main entrance. So what you do, instead of going to the main entrance, you look to your left, and at the very left on Fifth Avenue and 81st Street, next to the Ruth and Harold Center for Arts center (laughs) I'm telling you it's cold I can't think anymore there is a side entrance and it's small and there are no lines and there's a nice little incentive which I'll tell you about later but use that entrance and another tip here's tip number 75 the most important one really if you're a New Yorker you don't have to pay for the Met they don't need your money anyway so you don't have to pay for the Met you just show them your ID and uh, you can give them a dollar or you can give them nothing if you're not from New York Give a New Yorker a call, DM somebody you might know, uh, Three Degrees of Kevin Bacon, it's gone to three now, and uh, invite them to the museum. So enjoy, and let's go in. So if you did go in through the main entrance, you're in for quite a treat. The entrance on 82nd will lead you straight to the Great Hall. And it's not called the Great Hall for nothing. It's a beautiful space. And when you come in, it'll be crazy, it'll be hectic. You won't be able to hear yourself think, but you can look up, you can look to the sides and you will not be disappointed. At the very center as you go in, there are these amazing stairs that go up to the second floor and it's majestic. Uh, I believe Madonna performed there during uh, the Met Gala a few years ago, Uh, fact number whatever. When I come to the Met, I immediately make a right and go to the Egyptian Gallery. The Egyptian Gallery has quite a large and extensive collection that I really didn't realize until I went to other museums. I was just in Seattle and I went to the Sam and they had a few pieces, which is not to say, oh, New York has everything, but you really appreciate what you have at your disposal. And I mean, yeah, Google it, but go stand in front of a piece and... Understand that from its place of extraction, where it came from, to its place right in front of you, it's been a long trajectory. Its meaning has changed, its meaning has been lost, its meaning has been studied. So take a look at it. Let's go stand in front of one of my favorite objects in the Egyptian galleries. I'm standing in front of the best object, not the best. Maybe he's the best but it's a little figure, his name is Bess. It's an Egyptian sculpture. And he caught my attention because unlike other Egyptian images, he's short and stout, not tall and graceful, but he's a protector. He was believed to protect pregnant women, women and their children. And there was a huge cult around him. They used to put his image over houses to protect them. He was, he's a sweet little figure. He has a mustache and a beard and a feathered headdress. He kind of looks a little bit like a pug. I'm biased, I like pugs. But he's beautiful. And he's in a small little gallery, Gallery 127. It's hidden, and it's beautiful. It's a great little space. This is where I come first. I say hi to Bess, we high five, and then I'm on my way. From the Egyptian galleries, I walk past the Dendur temple and go to the Charles Englehart court, a businessman from New Jersey actually, and he dealt in metals and mining. He was the inspiration for the fictional character of Goldfinger in the Bond films. Not that you need to know that, but here, in the Charles Englehart court, you'll find an open space with lots of light, and you feel like you're outside. This is the American wing, and I just love to sit here and look at all the amazing sculptures and people watch. There's a lot of tourists taking lots of pictures, lots of selfies. Among them are a lot of Native American sculptures, romanticized, of course, but majestic nonetheless. The thing about the Met and a place like the Met, or even a place like New York, is that it's full of things to see, to look at, and things you want to take selfies in front of just to prove you were here, right? Because if you didn't take a picture or post it, it didn't happen. But the best formula for visiting the Met is to pick a few things and go see them and then just sit in front of them and people watch. But keep it to a bare minimum. Don't try to see everything because there is a lot and you will burn out 25 minutes, 15 minutes, five minutes after you arrive and you will have missed out on the magic. Here's a good place to just sit. Write a postcard, write in your journal or draw. I'm standing in front of Diana the Huntress, a golden statue of her and just looking at her, drawing, following her shapes with my eyes, the contour of her body, seeing her arrow pointing at something, pointing at an angel with a trumpet who's pointing at a glass-stained window. So there's lots of games you can play here with yourself, by yourself, and it's really never-ending. And then when you're hungry, or you could use a little aid of some tea or alcohol, there is a cafe on the opposite side. From here, I go to Gallery 555 the Iris and B. Gerald Cantor Gallery to visit one of my most favorite sculptures in the whole museum. On my way, I passed by the Medieval Art Gallery. Now, I was saying I didn't feel very Christmassy, but in front of the installation of the 18th century Spanish choir screen from the Cathedral of Valladolid, and I didn't really think about this because this is more for tourists, there is a Christmas tree, a 20-foot blue spruce, Christmas tree in the center of the medieval gallery. I prefer something a little bit more pagan and maybe a little bit more glamorous, but it's a beautiful sight. There's a Neapolitan nativity scene with flying angels with porcelain skin and beautiful wings. It's a nice sight, but I'm on my way to visit one of my most favorite sculptures in the whole museum, the Demidorf table. This work was commissioned by Count Alatoli. The subject is a complex cosmological allegory. If you blinked, you'd totally miss the sculpture and pass by it without realizing that it was such a beautiful, significant piece. It's in the cross-section of two galleries and two hallways on the way to the elevator to the second floor. But it's my favorite piece. And, thinking about it, it feels so fitting for the world we live in. One of excess and beauty and unquestionable indulgence. I hope you can come look at it. From the Demidoff table, I go past the contemporary art galleries and high-five all of the franchises of Rothko's and whatnot. But if you go to any art museum in the United States or in the world, really, you'll find these guys. So don't waste your time too much on them. Literally, these guys. So from there, I go on to say hi and bye to my ancestors. I'm now in gallery 358. I'm standing in front of the funerary urn with seated deity. It's from Mexico, Montalban. AC 6th century. It's ceramics. It's such an ornate piece with tons of moving pieces, really. It's amazing that it's lasted this long. And it's here, at the Met. You in front of it, <coughs> elapse time, and let it tell you stories. I find myself super privileged to be able to walk through these hallways and find reflections of my heritage, of a history I don't know, of faces that I don't know but are very familiar. So I walk around not really knowing the history, but not really having to know the history to connect. In doing so, I take ownership of these relics. I take ownership of this history and make it part of my own. And somehow, it makes it to my artwork. Somehow, I recognize a lot of these aspects that have been inspirational to other artists and other art forms like films. Every time I come through here, I can't help but think of Tim Burton. I must have seen all of these little ceramic and gotten inspired and added to their dialogue. And it's this feeling of connection, I think, that makes me feel all Christmassy inside. So this is what I'm after. The feeling of connection. I'm standing in front of a reclining dog and I feel all nice and warm inside. I'll take a picture of him, put it in the show notes. So i think i've achieved my goal i feel connected i feel charged i feel christmasy and celebratory but before i leave i'll do some shop therapy and i'll take you with me the best part of any museum is a gift shop and i've worked in museums so i know this as soon as i get to a museum the first thing i scope out is the gift shop this gift shop is no exception there are few at the met but here's my little secret tip for you if you took The secret entrance on 81st Street, next to the Ruth and Harold D. Urus Center for Education, there is a Met store there. And that is where all of the discounted clearance items are for sale. So if you still have some Christmas or holiday gifts to buy, go there now. I'll meet you there, as a matter of fact. I hope you enjoyed this postcard from the Met. I'm feeling festive now. I'm feeling... The sunbeams and 20-degree weather. I'm happy. I hope you are too. You deserve to be happy and enjoy the holiday season and Happy New Year. Cheers. That's it. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, feel inspired and triggered from something you heard, please share it. You are the candle that can light endless flames with what moves you. I am Luis Martin, the art engineer, sharing with you what moves me.